0: I'm thankful again to um, the committee for the opportunity to come and share this time with you guys. I'm thankful to have a couple of my classmates and friends, uh, Freddie Lorick as well as David um, and Curtis King, hey. as he's walking in. Uh, great people to uh, to to know and to uh, to have rubbed shoulders with throughout my my journey in life. I, I want to set a framework before I dive into this thing. I, I want I want us I want us to. No, I can't force you, I can't bully you into this, but I want us to feel safe to talk. Um, I, I want us to um, take a chance um, within the next 40 minutes or so. I, I want us to be honest. I, I would like to invite us to... Um, so, for example, I, I want to invite, since, a, since most of you all are white, I want you all to feel comfortable disagreeing with me. Right, I that that's the that's the kind of environment I want. I, I don't I don't want to be the black guy that's telling you what to do and how you ought to feel and all that kind of stuff, without inviting you to say I want to push back on that, or without inviting you all to say I just can't see that. It's just I see it differently. I, so I want to invite you all to do that. Um, I will not call you racist. I will not write you up. I will not <laughs> sue you. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I will not do any of that. Um, but I, I want this environment. Even though this is just one session, but I want I want this environment to be a space where we can where we call where we can chat. So let's let's imagine us being in Starbucks for a cup of coffee um, with almond milk. I'm vegan, so I don't. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, you know, you got your your black coffee. Or you, I got my uh, ginger tea, and uh, you know, we're chilling. We're hanging out. That's the environment I want us. I, I want I want to have right now. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. Good. Um, if you all don't mind, um, can you pair up with someone? Just pair up with anyone. And I I, I listen. Um, you all about to do something that you that's going to be highly uncomfortable, uh, but it's effective. Um, so. Do not get, do not be <laughs> upset with me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you, go, you can find a partner. Does everyone have a partner? Please, have a partner, I don't want to do this <laughs> myself. You got an even number.
2: All right. Uh, well, if, if
0: well, I, it has to be a pair. So if you don't, if you don't, I I'll partner with you or whoever wants to. Um, tell you if feel my coming up. with Coming up here, we'll we we'll, uh, do this practice together. Oh great! There's <laughs> a partner right there. <laughs> awesome. Man. <laughs> Save my life. don't mind partner with with what's name? David? David. Yeah, if you don't mind partnering with David, um, that would be great.
1: <laughs>
0: Any introverts here? Any <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. For introverts as a fellow introvert, I want to apologize in advance. So um, in South Africa, there is a Zulu greeting uh, that goes as follows. Sui bonai. Sui bonai. Go ahead and repeat after me. Sui, Sui Zulu Zulu Zulu. Bonai. bonai. Yes. Sui bonai. And this greeting uh, means, I see you. Right? So when, when two individuals are getting ready to, you know, have an encounter, uh, one individual will say "sui bonai," which means "I see you," right? And then the individual receiving that greeting will say will respond by saying "niki honai," niki, niki. honai, honai. Niki. honai. Niki. which means mm-hmm. "I am here." So "sui bonai" means "I see you," mm-hmm. "niki honai" means "I am." Mm-hmm. Speaking of the humanity, speaking of the essence of someone's humanity, I see this human being, and the human being responds by saying, because you see me, I am here. I am here. I'm present. I'm alive. I know this, but I am here because you see me. There is a spiritual connection between two individuals when they encounter one another when they see acknowledge recognizes the, the presence the humanity of someone else i see you and because i see you you are able to say i am here and i think a lot of the tension that rises um, in humanity across so many um, genres and themes whether it's sexual um, orientation or race or whatever the case may be is the lack of us seeing one another affirming our humanity and the, and the receiving individual being able to say because you see me because you recognize me because you, you honor my existence I am now made alive in your presence, I am not a ghost. I am not a peon. I am not someone that you walk on. I'm not half human. I'm not 20% human. I am fully human because you've recognized me as a human being. Now, I can easily say that, you know, in American culture, we can easily say, well, I'm independent and I'm alive and I am a human being. I don't need you to validate my humanity. And one answer, one and. Um, instance that might be true, but I think God created a, a system where we we are made alive because of one another. We need one another, right? So I I want to invite us to pair up with uh, with uh, one another or to find a partner. And this practice that I want us to do, uh, I want us to stare in each other's eyes. <laughs>
1: Tell us when you want us to start. Then <laughs> <laughs> exactly how long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I want us to to try to read one another's story by staring at each other's eyes. Staring to, to each other's eyes. I, I want us to to see one another. And through the eyes, we will be able to communicate a narrative. Through the eyes, we will be able to sense energy. Through the eyes, we will be able to interpret or get a glimpse into how someone feels about something. So, I want to give you 20 seconds to prepare your mind to do this practice. And while you're staring at, staring into each other's eyes, I want you to fight the temptation to not look away. I want you to be locked in, zero in, into that person's eyes. And I have a few things or a few questions that I'm going to raise throughout this this practice. And um, the eyes will communicate to the individual how that person feels about that particular question or, um, you know, Current series of events that I'm going to to race. So that was five seconds for me articulating that. Five, four, three, two, one. Now we have ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Oh, I have a partner.
1: Oh. I was hoping not to have a party because I didn't
0: want to do this. <laughs> if you don't mind coming to um, the front. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to put you on, on, on the spot, but <laughs> wait, we, we have a practice that we, we're going to embark on. Okay.
3: I'll play. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You can sit
0: here if you want, or. Oh, I have to sit. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can sit here. Um,
0: so, yeah, let's, so what we're doing, we're going, we're going to stare in, into each other's eyes. Um, and avoid, um, <laughs> avoid um, looking away, but try to um, listen in to the stories that we share, mm-hmm. just by looking into each other's eyes. Okay. Okay. And then it's gonna some, um, going to be some things that I, going to raise, that hopefully through the eyes we'll communicate how we felt about it. I'm going to put some gum in my mouth because I'm going to talk right in front of you and I want you to smell my breath. Okay? <laughs> well,
3: okay. I just ate pretzels. <laughs> well, you won't, you, won't, you won't be saying anything. Okay, saying good. To I that. can That's okay. be quiet. Okay, cool.
0: Okay. So, we're, we're, again, we're, we're at the coffee shop. We're relaxed and we're engaging one another. All right, so let's turn to, to each other's eyes. No talking, please. Yeah. you see that person that you're looking into? What you're looking at? Can you see their joys, their passions? Can you see them struggling? There's something, is there something bothering them? Is this human being that you're looking at, are they happy? Are they sad? Is there a question burning in their hearts? Think of race in America, how does that make you feel? When you see the injustice that is displayed all over the news, right in front of your face, how does that make you feel? you hear of a little black boy with a bright future, with dreams and aspirations. Life is taken because his cell phone was mistaken to be a a gun. How does that make you feel? you think of Donald Trump, when you listen to his rhetoric, what kind of emotions, fears, perhaps excitement, joys that arises when you think of him? think of or read of or see white supremacy groups protesting, fighting for their rights and their privileges? What are your thoughts? Think about race. Do you find yourself scared? Hopeful? Do you see me?
1: Thank you everyone. What's your name? Dorothy. I'm sorry?
2: Dorothy. Dorothy Seaton. Thank you. Nice to meet you. No, you're right.
0: Yeah. What was that experience like? intimate. Wow.
1: Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Emotional. Emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was hoping no, nothing was in my nose. <laughs> 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 Good good, good, good,
3: She was looking.
0: <laughs> Do we see one another? And have we realized that we are more than our issues? We are people who are loved and capable of loving. What is it about us that makes us human? Um, According to the Zulu tribe and other African tribes, until you have seen me, I have not existed. Until you have seen me. Until you see me. Until you have stepped into that space where you know me. You can sense or perhaps even know my narrative, my story. Until you see my fears, my dreams my triumphs, those those moments where I'm panicking, until you have come to terms with my human experience and have validated that, have acknowledged that this is my human experience, until you have come to terms with that, that I have not fully existed in your presence. My human experience may not be your human experience. But nonetheless, it is a human experience that must be acknowledged and respected. When some Europeans arrived in America, they arrived with a sense of confidence and momentum which eventually led them to have power and control. This power and control have been passed down from generation to generation. White people have always had power in America and continue to have the majority of the power here in America. Therefore, the way white people see the world is through the lenses of power and privilege. That is a human experience. When Africans arrived in America, they arrived oppressed, robbed of their dignity and culture, and was taught that they were not fully human. This experience and ideology has been passed down from generation the generation. From, From the likes of Frederick Douglass, to Harriet Tubman, to Malcolm X, to Marcus Garvey, to the late, great Dr. James Cone, to Louis Farrakhan, to Angela Davis, to Michael Dyson, and on and on and on and on. Blacks have always been on the pursuit to not only fight against white supremacy, but to also find their identity as a collective. Therefore, the way black people see the world is through the lens of the oppressed and a constant fight for dignity, equality, and freedom. When white people think of terrorism, most of them think of ISIS. But when black people think of terrorism, we think of white supremacy and the corporations and the individuals working for them. There are two different human experiences at work as we think about racial reconciliation. Blacks, from the very rich white folks to 44 presidents, including the current one we have now, to law enforcement, to for-profit corporations, from white institutionalized academic settings. Even in our white churches, black people have been fighting against discrimination and injustice. Mm -hmm. When white people say that things have changed and we are not living in the Jim Crow era um, era anymore. Blacks are able to say, yes, we do not live in the Jim Crow era, but we live in the new Jim Crow era, the era of mass incarceration, in the era of police brutality. So with that in mind, as we Mm -hmm think about these two human experiences, the question that I want us to wrestle with is, do I see you? Do I see you? Do I see the next person, or the person sitting next to me, do I see him or her? Mm -hmm. Not that, not, I'm not speaking of just physically seeing a human being, but do I, do I, am I aware of that person's human experience? And do I have the guts to say I affirm that person's human experience? It may not be my experience, but do I have the guts and the courage to say your human experience is real? If you are a white leader, or if you are a God-fearing white human being, if you are someone who is serious about engaging the racial tension that continues to exist in our society, here are a few introductory tips. Remember, we're in the coffee shop, all right? I know I kind of <laughs> s- I'm talking like I'm, or speaking as if I'm in lecturing mode, but um, remember, um, let's, let's let me let me calm down. And let me, uh, let's let's get back to the coffee shop. But here's a, here's a few tips that I want to draw to your attention, and then let's have a conversation around these things. The first thing I would like for you all to do, I would want to invite you all to do, is listen. Listen. As one who has a counseling background, I have learned that one of the best ways to help my clients think through their cur- current situation is by offering a listening ear. And, and this goes beyond the idea of the topic that we're talking about, but just in, just in general. When, we, when we're thinking about relationships in whatever form or fashion that may be, humans, desire to be heard right has anybody ever vented before you just I, I my uh, my uh, therapeutic analogy for venting is vomiting when you when you vomit you just want the toilet or the trash to receive the toxic waste that's within you you don't want the toilet or the trash to diagnose your your filth or give you a, a report of, of your you know your illness you just want the, the toilet or the trash to receive it So as is when we're venting, when we're sharing, articulating what's going on with us, we want the individual to just simply listen. Listening is a powerful instrument that we can offer to those who have felt and who are feeling mistreated and marginalized. My dear friends, if you may not understand the abbreviated black experience, that we and others have shared, or the robust explanation of the things that we are experiencing here in America, but if you have the courage to sit and listen, even if it, if, if it births various emotions within you, even if our narrative rubs you wrong, <clears throat> your listening ear, is significantly important in this healing process that we need to continue to embark on. If you cannot listen to our narratives then we will not be heard And if we do if we feel as if we cannot be heard by you then we will not be able to, to connect and come together to build a more harmonious society. And I'm fighting for this for my children. I'm fighting for this for my last name. Angela Davis once said that, I know racism will not end in America, but my fight is to make America a little bit better for the next generation. So not only are we are inviting you to listen But secondly, we are inviting you to take off your shoes. A common ideology that has been promoted vastly throughout America is this notion of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. This ideology has helped white America to be the powerful country that it is today. This ideology has been used as a suggestion for black people to embrace and to apply to get over Jim Crow, to get over racism, to get over discrimination, to fix your community, to fix your home, cut your grass, work hard, make your money, obey law enforcement, pull yourself up by your bootstraps we have set you free, now go make something of yourself. During the Poor People's Campaign, Dr. Martin Luther King, as he began to see the hypocrisy of that notion said, a bootless man cannot lift himself up by his boots. So to my white friends, if you really want to engage in our experience, we are inviting you to take off your boots and put on our shoes. Walk in our shoes, walk the steps that we walk, live in our communities, Send send your children to our schools, become members of our churches. Live next door, next to me. Live next door. Live next to me. Smell what I smell. Eat the food that I eat. Embrace the culture that I live in so that you will be able to feel, taste, experience what it means and feels to be black in America. Just a glimpse, right? Just a glimpse. So not only do we want you, or we are inviting you to listen, not only are we inviting you to take off your shoes, but lastly, um, I want to invite you all to speak up for us. Use your whiteness to speak on my behalf. Now, I am an individual with, two degrees, two master's degrees. I um, would be considered, I have a, you know, a business, I have a full-time job, I have a ministry, I work for nonprofits. I am a person that, uh, many people will say, um, is a model or, or an example of how you should live your life and what you should do to be successful. And that might be valid to a certain degree but I am fully aware that with all the accolades that I have, I am still black. And I could articulate as intellectually and sociologically sound as I can to express what it means to be black in America, but the color of my skin is still a barrier. And I am aware of that. So then the call is to play chess. I'm going to tap the shoulders of my white friends and encourage my white friends to speak on my behalf, to use your whiteness and your white privilege to help your family members and your friends and your churches, your political connections. Help them see that Black Lives Matter is not a diss to whiteness. Is a cry to society to validate our blackness. That Black Lives Matter is not an organization that says, kill all law enforcement. It is an organization that's raising awareness to how, we're, how we are being mi- mistreated unfairly. I need white people to tell white people that. I can say that, but it's not going to work. I need you white people to say it for me. So not only am I inviting you all to listen, not only am I inviting you all to take off your shoes, put on our shoes, live in our neighborhoods, eat in our restaurants, but I'm also inviting you all to speak on our behalf. But you won't be able to speak on my behalf if you do not see me. So do you see me? With all the black marks in my face, the big nose, the bald head, the oversized ashiki, do you see me? If you don't see me, then you won't understand me. And you will not be able to connect with me. And I will not be able to connect with you. And that is the nightmare. The nightmare is that we don't see each other. We don't know our narratives. We don't know each other's narratives. We don't, we, we don't know each other's fears and dreams. When a cop is behind me, Preach. you don't know the fears. You don't know how it feels to see the red and blue lights flashing behind you. Let's talk. I'm done, um, right in my mouth. I wanna invite you all to um, talk, let's, let's talk. How do you feel about what I've just said? Let's, let's start with our feelings. How do you feel about what I've just said? I'll, I'll, again, please feel safe to be honest. Please. Please feel safe. I want you to be honest. I want to see you too. Rick?
2: Oh, I'm gonna say this I don't, you know, Um I came here last minute, I'm glad I came I, I will be the first to, to say and admit that I don't understand black history and your pain to protect on. I've lived around I live in San Jose now, but I'm from Chicago Detroit, So I've been around black people my life. And to some degree, more than any other people of color, I've been on pins and news. Mm. Yeah. I've been and, and part of it is when I first engage with a conversation, I'm trying to determine how much where, where are you on a top of mind my black heritage, my my race, <coughs> uh, where is that as I enter into my first conversation with you? And I'm trying to figure that out because mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. adjust mm-hmm. how I'm going to align with you. How is it called? Yeah. Uh, what was the name of that phrase? Uh, I see you? Mm-hmm.
0: Sui Bonai. I, I Sui see Bona. you. I and like Nikki Hona is, I, like I, I
2: am. I'm trying to figure out how can I get to that point as quickly as possible. And I somehow have to figure out where you're at, yeah. And aligned to yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I see that, you know, I see where you're coming from. I see the pain. Yeah. But I also see anger. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I see you looking at me, and I see you looking at me as being white, and white privilege, mm-hmm. and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out where I am on that scale. Yeah. Is yeah. And you're trying to figure out if I have that bias. Yeah. And my goal in those first few seconds is to figure out how we can get Bone eye as quickly as possible (coughs) we can both put that behind us (coughs) and go on in a relationship. (coughs) Because (coughs) I don't look at myself as white supremacist. (coughs) I I don't see myself the way you're looking at me. And quite frankly, I have no idea To see me as a white supremacist, and and I don't know how to align with your pain and where you're at in a way that you're going to finally accept me. Mm. I have no idea how to do that sometimes, especially if there's anger.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know if that's fair, but that's I'm trying to figure out how to get there. I don't know how to get there. Yeah,
4: yeah,
0: good stuff. Let's talk. Let's all talk. I don't, I don't want to piggyback off, off of everyone's comments, but let's have a conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I
3: have um I didn't I didn't know what this was about, but I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Um, I've had some discussions with uh, a couple friends in the past probably about the past three months about just. back in the old testament days how god created adam and eve and how he created the first families and how um you know then we had the flood and we had um families created after that and Noah, and everybody was just family okay? mm-hmm. i mean there, there, was, there, there were different nations and people um you know god created think mm-hmm. Somebody sees the other person. <laughs> um, and 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 it's both sides.
1: Mm.
3: You know, I I sleep on both sides. And I think that if we are truly people in this room who mm-hmm. want to be c- who who we believe are called mm-hmm. to God's purpose, we will stop it
1: mm-hmm.
3: as much as we can will speak up. We won't be afraid. We won't care what our neighbors say or our own family members. I've had to say things <coughs> to my own close family members about racism. How's that right? Yeah. And we have to do we have to we have to do that. We have to be brave. Okay. Or it's not gonna work. And God doesn't see
5: I am obviously white growing up with a ton of privilege and I think that for, for white people I, I know that a lot of people that are within my own family that are within close circles of mine that that would call themselves somebody mm-hmm. who is open minded who wasn't racist but in the same breath would say I don't understand what their issue is mm-hmm. I don't understand what the struggle is and I think that I think as 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 people in general, I, I think we the scope of our history seems so long ago. Oh slavery was so long ago. All these, these really oppressive issues happened so long ago. <laughs> the Civil War ended in eighteen sixty five. We are not far removed from a, a time in our history where black people were not acknowledged as human beings. We are not far removed from that. And how can we, how can we understand someone's humanity, how can we understand their struggle when I can't even imagine the kind of, um, the sort of hurt, the sort of injustice that's ingrained in a black person from the moment they're born. Yeah. Just that mentality of we've never been viewed with the lens of equality. We've never been viewed mm-hmm. in this lens of equal humanity and the kind of emotional baggage and the spiritual baggage that you carry along because of of that inheritance, if you will. I can't imagine what that's like. And I think that's, to me, Mm -hmm. uh, what feels like the barrier with Mm -hmm. a lot of white people, is not being able to recognize that, well, yeah, we don't have slavery in that sense anymore, but what about that indoctrinated oppression? What about those feelings that you inherit when you're born You've never, you've never experienced. I've never experienced. How could we possibly understand and recognizing that as humanity? I yeah. see you. I see, I see your pain. I see your baggage, even though you may not have directly experienced that. It's, um, it's painful. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a, a teacher in a, an urban school that's 99% Latino. I have to walk into that room and we have to talk about serious social issues, and I have to. Teach them from a the place of being, this privileged white woman. Mm. And it, it's a uh, you have to be able to break down those barriers and see them for their humanity and for their experiences. And you cannot do that without first breaking down your own, your own ideas, powerful. your own conceptions of who powerful. they should be um, powerful coming into the the relationship. Mm, mm,
0: mm.
6: perspective, and the first thing that was going through my head is, all right, it sounds like Stephen is telling the white people to do a lot of things, but then kind of letting black people off the hook, like, what do I have to do, like, all right, right, right. sit down and chill, I'm, <laughs> I'm good, they need to go and understand, so that originally was my critique, where I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you're presenting a challenge to whites, but what about African Americans, um, and then when I started thinking about it more, I thought about how um, whites they have an option of if they're going to interact with blacks, whereas most African Americans we don't have that option. So, for me, growing up in schools, like I have mostly white teachers, like that's mostly yeah. all black experiences. When you grow up, you are taught by whites, but most whites can't grow up saying, I had all black teachers growing up. Um, it doesn't happen. When it go to, I went to Abilene, I went to Pepperdine. You want to know who my professors are? Like, yeah. I may have had one or I think I had one black, Ray Carr, you know, yeah. I had one black professor. You look at the jobs I had and the bosses I had and the interviews I had, like all my life I've had to navigate as a black man in a white world so i have to listen and understand and build relationships and i know how to talk to white people and shake their hand and do all of those things because if i didn't i wouldn't be able to get a job i wouldn't be able to get into school i wouldn't be able to pass a class and things like that so um, just from what you're saying um, it made sense that some people don't have an option to am I going to learn more about you? No, if I don't learn more about you, like I'm not gonna be able to be successful in uh, America. Um, but how many people have taken time to learn more about me and my culture?
1: And yeah, like well said,
0: well said.
6: Um,
7: I, um, I've lived a lot of my adult life outside of the US. Mm-hmm. And actually, even coming back to the US in 2008, we had to do a cultural <coughs> catch-up. There were a lot of even expressions that were being used that I, my wife and I were like, I've never heard that one. What, what is Black Friday? I had no idea what Black Friday was because it didn't exist when we left. But um, I, I think that I, I think it would be helpful for a lot of Americans to go and travel Mm. and see other cultures to go to Africa and, but not just to go to Africa but to go to other European countries mm. and even if you can experience those and see that you know, you're, you're not like those people mm. and uh, it was uh, that's been helpful for me is to see people that, I, that are different from me and they're looking at me and they're saying you're, you're different you're mm. not like us And um, that doesn't like solve all of our problems. We're always gonna have racism. Um, But um, I I think, uh, and and, you know, it's a process for me. I'm still learning, I'm still learning. Um, But I I think one of the things that Jesus did that helps me, and I I always come back to that, is he always gave value to people, Mm -hmm. regardless of their context, Always gave value to people, and um, you know the disciples struggled with racism. Mm-hmm. They were racist mm-hmm. and the Jewish nation, nation they were racist, and they were punished by God because of it. Um, that's a lot of what seventy A.D. was about. But you know, so that should that should sober mm-hmm. us up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my church, I love my church. You know. Uh, we haven't arrived in any way. We have racists in our church. We're struggling with racism, but we have an integrated eldership. Thirty mm. uh, percent of our congregation is black. We just hired. A, I'm very proud. We hired a, a black minister, brother, mm. and these aren't guys that came from the outside. They grew up. They were discipled and grew up in our church, so we <coughs> were able to glean from, you know, the the, the growth in the congregation. So. Um, it hasn't been easy. It's been a struggle, and it's still a struggle. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's it's you know, I don't agree with everything you said, but mm-hmm. i I want to hear the other sides of things. I yeah. want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, because you know what? There's probably a possibility. There's some things that I don't really understand very well. There might be a possibility. Yeah. yeah. So I always want to keep that. Up, <laughs> <you> <laughs> yeah. Know. So. Anyway, that's, that's great. My that's great. story, a little bit. Okay. I received that. I, when I lived in France, I had people who were racist towards me. Yeah. That was a very good lesson. It was very helpful. It was yeah. Very helpful. Gotcha. There were French people that looked at me and, uh, and treated me in a way that was just racist. You know, because I was an American. You
0: know. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Sure.
1: It's good. It's good. One last comment. Thank you special like everybody, brothers and sisters here. My comment is simply this, thank you for this opportunity to learn and mm-hmm. to listen. Yeah. Constantly been in my life in a multicultural environment. I've mm-hmm. been in the world where um, it's not the same probably, but when they would say a Blanc Po. White oh. person. White person. Blanc Poe. Blanc,
0: po. Blanc Po.
1: Blanc Po, which is Creole in Haiti. But where I'm coming with is, I thank you we like the brother before me uh, multicultural environment where we worship and, and live we're still reaching uh, still trying to grasp the concept that some may look at me and i'm precious and I have to prove myself not so in other words they may take that but i think the sister here said it best we have to put dealing with the aspects it. we're brothers and sisters mm-hmm. we're family we and to start there in my family, uh, was grounded in uh, sharecroppers and we grew up in that. And so my comment is that uh, when i was quit trying to learn more about how not to be precious, I just became precious even more. Mm. I have to reach mm. constantly. And there'll come a time where uh, God will make us all make sight of each other. Mm. We may mm. take that long. I and thank you for your time.
7: I am going to have to go, but okay. I know you. My name's Garth Hutchison. <laughs> <laughs> I live just out of Philadelphia and we've talked. So oh, that's yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That, so I'm going to connect with you later. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. i got to get to another, my brother-in-law speaking. So. Yeah, no worries. No
0: worries. Thanks Don't for stopping by. So. How you all feel? I want some emotions. How do you all feel? Do I feel uncomfortable? I feel... <laughs> So angry?
1: Yeah. Hot. Oh. Well, totally mixed up. Good, good mix, good mix. Yeah, yeah. Not a bad, it's yeah. a good mix. Yeah. It's an awareness mix. Mm, it's, kind it's a savvy of, mix. It's, <coughs> keep working at it. Right? Yeah. What we have to do. This is one of the first
2: conversations I felt like I could actually have an open and honest good discussion.
0: Enough. Praise God.
2: Good. And it's, um, Mission
6: accomplished. Praise God.
2: We're so leery of doing it. Good.
8: Go yeah. um, I just wanted to say, um, I feel like it's, I feel sympathy for white people and mm. that I know, I know it might sound like you're the, we're making the blame. You know, we're talking about history and the history of the country, and that's just unfortunate, but it is what it is. And so in some ways, we're not asking to fix anything. Mm. We can't fix it. We're just asking for you to help and listen. I, I, I think that's important, just hearing and not mm-hmm. feeling the need to be defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, no, 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 that's not true because, because you don't want the country to be a certain way, because you don't mm-hmm. want our experiences to be what they are. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it so. Yeah. We just want, like you said, the validation that, wow, that's your experience, I can't even imagine that. And you just leave it there, it's, it's nothing to be don't, I don't, wouldn't look at you as a white supremacist. I understand the history of our country. And I don't want people to be fearful of engaging you know, African Americans or any other race because you can't fix our problems. Hmm. But like you said, there is truth in the fact that it takes someone outside of the race to help people in other races understand mm-hmm. it in yeah. some mm-hmm. ways. I heard a really good talk yesterday, um, uh, I think it was Jeff Brown, who's a white minister Story of uh, he was talking about the Good Samaritan and the choice of the priest and the Levite to cross the road. And he framed it in this context that we have to choose to cross the road to see people. Mm. You know, instead of just walking past someone with blinders on, like, I just don't want to see that because it's uncomfortable for me. We have to choose to cross the road and say, you know what? I conscious choice that's the hardest the most difficult thing and in his experience um, he started realizing that you know he really wanted to advocate because he adopted a daughter uh, an African-American daughter and through that experience he was exposed and he saw things he had never seen before <coughs> and other white ministers that he found that you know were speaking up they also had that same experience where they had adopted a child. Outside of their race, and then all of a sudden, they were having very different experiences. They were aware of experiences that they had not been aware of before. So they became, you know, leaders on the forefront of like, wait, you guys need to wake up. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, when I walked in, this happened. When they walked in, this happened. This is what I'm hearing from my child. And so, until you're willing to take the risk of, you know, just tell me about your experience. What Mm. is, I I just, there's no way for you to know. You know, that's why I can't blame you for not knowing. You just don't know what you don't know. But we have to be able to listen and accept and know that why would we make these things up? Mm. You know, when you hear these stories, there's no, we have nothing to gain, so just listen. But I I do feel for people because I do understand that feeling of helplessness to hear someone Mm -hmm. struggle and not be able to do anything about their pain, mm-hmm. but you are doing something when you just listen and validate. Wow,
0: wow, blessing. <coughs> wow, wow. I think that's yeah,
3: I, I feel um, heartbroken that people made in the image of God um, might feel like they're lesser somehow or be treated as lesser just because of their spirit.
9: about the power of, of advocacy from white Americans. Yeah. Um the issue that, that sticks with me, so there's so what the emotion I have has nothing to do with what's happening in this class as much as when I think about my experience in America. I'm fighting the temptation to become extremely bitter about the interactions between people of color and the police force. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is that I know that what we see are the highlights. Yeah. It's like they're millions of interactions where people are treated fairly, sent on their way, etc. But mm-hmm. we do see the stories where people ran a red light or had a tail, tail light out, and they don't go home to their family anymore. Yeah. And so one of the things that I would invite uh, all of us, including people of color, but also <coughs> um, our white allies, white friends, is to pay attention to how the police treat people. And then if there's a way for you to intervene mm. Help that to turn just a hair. Yeah, that's progress. Yeah. So that, that would be my amplification. Thank
0: you. Thank you for that. I
7: appreciate that encouragement. I'm reminded of the saying that says, "If you don't say something, you're saying something." Right. Wow.
4: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's good. I guess you I get the last word. word. Oh, i <laughs> the last word. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh I'm, a sick, I'm gonna speak. Go after that? you. I'm second to last. You know, I, I just. Uh, want us all to recognize that um, we all have biases mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I think that it's all of our responsibility um, to, to realize that and to not only practice and you know speak in such a holy <coughs> way while we're at church or while we're at the lectureships um, mm. but to carry this, you know, in our workplaces, um, uh, in our schools, yes, you know, because it, it's just so and it, it's real easy to be open and honest and to apologize and to plead while we're in this type of environment. Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's when the rubber meets the mm-hmm. road when we're out there in our communities, yeah. um where this makes it, really makes a difference. I kid you not, that mm-hmm. was my last word. That's uh-uh. exactly what I was <laughs> wanting to say. High <laughs>
0: five. Absolutely, uh, well said. It's, this is nice that we've been, been, been able to do this because we all believe in Jesus and all that good stuff. Now the challenge then is for us, again, as, as my sister wonderfully said, go out into our spaces. You Whether know, It is white, black, diverse, I don't care where you are. We are called to be change agents. Mm -hmm. Let's lead from that framework, the, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We don't shy away from confrontation. We don't shy away from darkness. We don't shy away from conflict. But we want to engage it. We want to spark the conversation. We want to lean into it. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the theological conclusions down. And we're going to make mistakes. All right, on both sides. We're going to make mistakes, but mistakes are opportunities for us to do what? Learn. So I send you all off. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. Really appreciate it.